0: Yo, and welcome to this episode of the Joe Rogan Experience Review. We're just going to start with a quick shout-out to a good friend of mine, Shane Wallen. Uh, He's a musician that has been slugging away for a long time, um, putting in the work. I mean, this guy performs live, I don't even know, 300 days a year? Like, ridiculous. And I always like to um, shout-out anyone that is on a creative endeavor that is you know, pushing their own limits, the the amount of sacrificing that goes in, whether you go into um, stand up comedy or um, art, painting, like obviously music, it's 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 such a difficult endeavor. You know, there's so much pressure to just have a quote unquote regular job, and this guy has stuck at it, worked his ass off, been uh, an incredible family man father and gets it done and recently just released a new album I want to play a little bit from one of the songs that actually relates to a place that I moved to when I first got to New Mexico Um, and for me moving from England to New Mexico which is like something that I really haven't talked about on this podcast before you know I was 13 years old the transition was so extreme and it was so different and New Mexico really became uh, like this incredible journey for me this home the, the it's so special to me it means so much we live just east of the mountain, and this song relates to it. I want you guys to check it out. There's links in the bio. You can watch his video, which is fucking awesome. So well done. But like I said, this guy is blowing up, and I wanted you guys to get it and and hear it. So check it out, and then enjoy the podcast. I've been all these years from
1: the place that I grew up. It was far from everything, but we always And I've been missing it,
0: missing it And what I wouldn't give to be east of Albuquerque In the place I learned to Go, Go enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Joe Rogan Experience Review. My name is Adam, joined as always by my co host, Todd Toddley, the Todd Meister. Hmm,
1: Todderson, what up, my friends? Oh, that's good. What's up, my listening Thanks. amigos?
0: Hmm. Mm, what's cracking on your end, Todd? I know uh, we just spoke for five minutes before we started this, but let's pretend that we hadn't and we're just connecting well, now. Let's say saying hi.
1: I my older brother was in town for three days, so you know I'm nursing like a three day hangover. It was great, but uh, my brother Excellent. likes to drink. Best
0: way to podcast
1: I've found. He likes to drink, and so we drank and met up with some old friends. Had some really good dinners. we I've basically just been eating and drinking for three days. It's been good. That's great. Lots you of know?
0: vegetarian food.
1: Well, we only got into one fight about him being a vegan last night, and I told him because I, I told him that cancer can't live in a keto diet, and he got fucking pissed off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can do uh, uh, like vegan keto, I believe.
1: Well, it's gonna—I be don't be a know how—you'd
0: f- have to just eat coconuts all the time or
1: something. It's but, gonna be a poser story, to say the least. Okay, it can't be it, done. The, the story is a vegan guy and a and I'm and a keto guy get into a fight about their. Uh, you know, which which diet's going to kill them first, and then they both die in a car crash on the way home.
0: <laughs> oh, pretty good. Yeah, we're often uh, worried about inconsequential stuff. And look, if you meet up with your brother for a weekend, drink a lot, and don't get in at least one fight, then I don't... That's weird.
1: Yeah. Like, and it was a small one. You're supposed
0: to fight with your brothers.
1: It was a small one, you know. just There's nice. just something about... People and maybe this is just my experience, but people who are either vegetarian or vegans—they just love to talk about it. And it's like I don't give a fuck, and you don't—you shouldn't care about my diet. I shouldn't care about yours. Let's leave it at that. Let's not. Let's would just be, not talk about It would about be diet. funny.
0: It would be funny if people that just had like regular eating habits always wanted to talk about it. Yeah,
1: God, I love the Doritos I ate today. You're just like, Coca-Cola. bro, I eat a
0: lot of Chick Fil A. I'm telling you, Chick Fil A really <laughs> is the best. Like. Just,
1: Ah, you know, to each their own, dude. Whatever. I can't God imagine being a vegan, but I'm glad it works for him and he he enjoys mm. it. So, Godspeed.
0: Godspeed. All right, what we got this week? We got Michael Easter,
1: yes, sir. Sean
0: O'Malley and Tim Welsh. I
1: always mm. forget
0: that guy's name. And Mister Joe Sean, so one.
1: Joe List.
0: And then Joe List, legendary comedian. Um, very very funny, and um, you know, bit a bit nerdy. Which Which there is great, go. he kind of has like the Neil Brennan vibe,
1: there you go, love that, love the Neil Brennan vibe,
0: yeah, Michael Easter has been on Rogan before, um fascinating dude, like imagine his life, like being able to just travel like that and write and explore mm. and learn about people and like just like this pursuit of education that you get paid for, yeah, and investigate.
1: Beauty of being a journalist, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not every journalist gets to do it that way, but if you can get away with it, I mean, that's got to be one of the most interesting ways to live. I mean, just because your wealth of knowledge that you're going to have, like to mm. move through your life or mm-hmm. your, at least, at least your perspective on things is so much more advanced than most people. You know, I wonder if he gets like really fucking bored talking to people most of the time.
1: He's uh, like, you don't know what so. with your
0: life? Jesus.
1: I don't think so, no. Well, there's my phone. Excuse me, we're going to decline that. I swear I had it on silent. Excuse me. <laughs> it's cuz my computer's John. open. <laughs> well, I was looking up scarcity brain, which is his new book. Okay, it looks great. Mm. It looks yeah, like a wanna great book. I want to buy it. It's it's for sale now. It's been out for a little bit. Uh, fix your craving mindset and rewire your habits to thrive with enough. And you hear this all the time. Like the guy who's making a million bucks a year is way worse off mentally. Than the guy who's making a hundred G's a year and has a good family and is able to go to his kids' soccer games and is able to engage with his friends and his family and and can pay all the bills, like it, it makes sense in my mind to, that that yeah. is the pursuit you should ha- sh- you should be wanting, not like I want to make a, bu- a million bucks, never get to see my kids, never get to hang out and go see my wife or go on vacation because I'm too busy making money, and then what? Then you buy a sports car. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. But
0: honestly, though, if somebody gave you the choice, there's like two buttons in front of you. Yeah. And one is make a million dollars, and then the other one is $100,000, and then you get all those other things. But the million dollar one isn't saying that you are banned from doing all those things. It'd just yeah. be harder. Everyone still pushes the million dollar button, dude.
1: Of course they do. Of course and, they do. And that's the problem.
0: But it is. I mean, he's saying... Seen- it's like you get successful and you and you have to sacrifice... But so much for it.
1: But that but that was the whole point of the book it sounds like. It says are we hi- are we hardwired to crave more from food and stuff to information and influence why can't we ever get enough? That's the whole premise of the book. Like why is it that we're such we're so hardwired like you talked about being in a casino it's like we just want to keep pulling down that freaking we want to keep pulling down that lever. I don't care how much money we're losing by the minute. There's this craving to want 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 something that's hardwired. Yeah. Which is strange. Well, I
0: really I I like that he pointed out some of those myths in the casinos because I always had heard like, oh, there's no clocks in there. The right angles thing I'd never heard before, but I had heard that they like pump oxygen in there. Mm-hmm. And I and I was like, that can't fucking be true. No, that's true. If they the had oxygen. massive oxygen tanks pumping, that sounds like a fire hazard.
1: Well, it's cool. So
0: I'm glad that he blew those out. And the no clocks thing. I did believe that one. I did notice when I went to Vegas, there's no clocks. And I never put it together that if you think about it, there's fucking no clocks almost anywhere.
1: No, not anymore. I mean, they took one out of the gym, maybe in the gym. It's nice to have a clock in the gym. I got to get back to work, you know.
0: Well, you know, sometimes you're like timing your workouts, you know? Yeah. There's always, if you go to pools for swimming, there's always like that big. It's not really a clock, but it's like a timer. Yeah, it just like ticks around. Like that exists, <laughs> but it does out. make it does make sense. What he's saying, it's like, yeah, not really. Is there clocks just everywhere? So it's like okay. But but back to what he was saying about those machines, and I've experienced mm-hmm. it. I don't I don't gamble. I'm not like a gambler. I don't care. I can go to a casino and just honestly just hang out. I'll just drink while people gamble. I'm not really that into it. Maybe I'll throw. A, you know some money in the slots or whatever Yeah, but it is interesting <clears throat> I can't remember the term that he used for repeat searching um,
1: repeat searching is that the one
0: no 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 it was like some kind of winning
1: but near oh. wins oh, oh, oh yeah, right? yeah near wins or half, yeah, half losses wins. half losses yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah, and
0: basically what he was saying that was is and I love that is like you'll put a dollar in you spin and it costs a dollar but you it still lines up and goes ch ching and then you get fifty cents.
1: Right. Really
0: all that happened is you lost fifty cents. Right. But you do kind of feel like you won something.
1: Yeah, it's a half win. Yeah, you almost win. You know, you see the three cherries and the third cherry is just a little bit out of frame. You're like, God damn it, I was so close, and then you end up spending another three grand on the stupid slot machine.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Because you or were so it,
0: close. Or- or oh, it does actually give you three of something, but it has like um, like less value than the bet, yeah, and it still yeah, kind of makes yeah. you feel like you got someone.
1: You get a bunch of pennies, so you're psyched. <laughs> and that you know the, you're tricking the human reward system. And what was interesting to me about that that conversation? This is right towards the beginning of the podcast, but the uh, the the fact that animals will spend the least amount of energy on the most amount of food. I mean. That is so, we so did not keep that in our DNA because, you know, we're going to spend a lot more time getting food. I mean, maybe with fast food, it's a little bit different, but you know what I'm saying? Like we cook our food, we spend time cooking it. I think a lot of cooks and, and chefs, obviously, you know, we spend a lot of time in the kitchen. We prepare it. We have to shop for it. It's a whole different story rather than some bear like eating a shit ton of berries while he's just sitting on his ass, you know? He's going to spend the least amount of time to get the most amount of food. He's going to go to the spot. What they say that bears are now running towards gunfire because they know that something has just been killed and they might be able to steal it?
0: Yeah, that's genius, man.
1: Yeah, they're getting smart. Yogi's getting genius smart. Move. It's not your well, average they, dude, bear.
0: They're already super smart. They sit at the end of the river when the <laughs> salmon are coming up. True, true. And then they the, those stupid salmon just jump straight into these giant... Killer's mouths.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's a good time
1: for Baz. Or bringing up the rat thing again—the rat park. When once they have a ton of toys and stuff, you know, is that mm-hmm. could could that happen with uh, socially, you know, nowadays with somebody who's maybe addicted to heroin? Could you could you have that available to someone? But then if you have, you know, a, a community and a place for them to play or or be on a sports team or whatever it may be, instead of taking the heroin every day, maybe they would. You know try to interact socially with other people because it's there's more of a of, of a reward there but if you're depressed think, you're going to keep going to the cocaine water
0: yeah i think they've shown that though yeah i mean if you give an addict a real purpose a sense of community mm-hmm. something like give him value you know make him feel like he's useful or her or they them or whatever it is nice like they you know it, it with, with any like real sense of purpose, something that you believe in and some encouragement, I mean, we crave that way more than right. even the super addictive nature of some of these drugs.
1: I get it, but I also don't understand. If I was the rat and I had the park and the cocaine water, I'd be doing both. I'd be partying with my friends and drinking the cocaine water. You know, I wouldn't just go back to the water until I had maybe a little bit too much of the Coke water. I'm like, I'm real thirsty. I can't feel my face.
0: Yeah, but you'd be that rat that like the <laughs> other rats and the other rat parents are like, you know what? Look, Shouldn't hang out with that There's always rat. one guy. You, you're just going to have to like chill out there. You're like the rat coming up with business okay. ideas. Well,
1: I'd be right there ratting it up with you, bub.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: okay. We'd be, we'd be licking the cocaine drip together.
0: <laughs> yeah, cocaine water sounds pretty interesting. Mm,
1: sounds like a real numb, numb mouth, numb, numb uh, esophagus.
0: Yeah, but what uh, a fascinating study that really is. That they, you know, that they weren't killing themselves. Right. So even when they were using it, like usually a lot less, some of them still used it, and it was just like it maybe just added a bit to their lives, but they weren't relying on it. It wasn't their only source right. of of like enjoyment.
1: There but, it is again. You know, this is
0: what happens with these addicts. Is like, you know, same thing with the gambling man. People will. They, I heard an interesting thing once. They didn't really touch on it in here, but but um, that like part of the thrill of gambling is the losing.
1: Maybe in a way, it's like Maybe. they don't
0: want it. They don't think that they want it, but they often go until it mm. like. It's almost like they're like wanting it to crash them.
1: I don't know. I don't know. But what I did uh, relate to is they talked about this woman. I can't remember the study, but she she ended up getting fired. She was working remotely, but then her boss was able to see how much she was clicking, you know, and using her computer throughout the day. Even though she hit all of the deadlines, she hit all of the you know, quotas and the the stuff that she was asked to do, but then yet still got fired because she wasn't on her computer enough, wasn't on her email enough. And it just reminded me of like office space where most of the time people are fucking off all day. They're pretending to work, but they're probably listening to Rogan. They're probably, you know, on their phone half the time, you know, playing solitaire, who knows what, but they're sitting Uh there and clicking and pecking and clicking and if you were to see that in some sort of algorithm like, oh, Johnny is clicking on his computer all day, he must be doing good. And then you look at his performance and it just sucks. But he's on his computer all day.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, maybe maybe that was like an unusual case. Yeah. I know that's happening to a lot of people where potentially they're being monitored for their overall movement right. you know, of mouse and keyboard or whatever. But, you know, maybe most companies aren't really that bothered or that strict. And I was wondering after that was said on the show, Mm -hmm. I wonder if people that are at home that have that responsibility and now worried about it and overdoing it because of this one case. I mean, I know. So our buddy Sean, mutual friend Sean, his wife had a remote job. Mm -hmm. And she knew they could monitor movement of mice and things like that and you know she was a great worker anyway but she was always making sure she was in there like anxiously Mm. you know so she really planned for it and uh, you know honestly when i heard that she was doing it i even said to her i think like don't like don't worry about it that you work at home they expect you to do other things but But obviously that was not great advice
1: they're tracking you
0: yeah, she could have been fine. She was right didn't worry. Sounds like
1: well, that's nuts,
0: dude. Don't do, try not to have a job like that unless uh, you love it and you don't mind sitting there. But what happens if you have like really bad diarrhea one day mm, and you just got to keep pooping?
1: You got to you know, bring What, your what phone are you going to take your
0: mouse in there with you? You got
1: to bring your phone in there and start pecking and clicking on your phone. Uh, the placebo effect the thing casa. is, is an interesting one with the wine, the wine sales, that, that whole movie of, uh, sour grapes, sour grapes. Mm-hmm. That's, what they call that's what it's called. That's what it's called. Uh, I, I have watched that movie and it's incredible this, you know, how much money this dude made. I mean, what a freaking scam artist. It doesn't even really upset me that much cause he's selling like $200,000 bottles of wine to the Koch brothers that he claims were like Thomas Jefferson's wine bottles. Like what a bunch of morons thinking that was true. <laughs> so I'm kind of, I'm kind of rooting for this guy a little bit, but only when he's selling to people like the Koch brothers, but that is essentially how he got busted in the long run. Cause they got so pissed off about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. But,
0: uh yeah, you, you know, not want to mess with those guys. Where did you watch that? Is that a Netflix thing? I think
1: it was Netflix. It That was, was out a while ago. I mean, Rogan has mentioned the, this film a few times, but yeah. Yeah, uh, I,
0: I do want to see it. I meant to watch it before, but that's that's a... F- Frickin' badass scam, honestly.
1: Yeah. I mean, and then, but but it just goes to show this placebo effect. I mean, they've done it before. They said there was another study where they put the shitty bottle of, you know, the shitty wine into the into the old bottle and said that this was the really good stuff. And then they put, you know, vice versa with the good wine. They put it in the crappy bottle and everyone thinks that the crappier wine tastes way better just on what they were told alone. Like this is the expensive one, this is the bad one. And it just goes to show marketing, graphic design, how things look. It it's that same thing. Like if you if you it's more like perceptions
0: perceptions and expectation, right? Yeah. I mean like you've been told by people that know about wine which wine should be the best one, and then they ask you what you think, you're gonna be agreeable. It's almost like a type of peer pressure. Like, think about it this way. If we're in a group, right, and there's like six of us in a room, sat there, and everyone in the room agrees that one particular wine is better than the other, and then you're the last one to vote on it. Yeah. it's It almost takes like a certain type of independence and strength to even disagree. Right. Even if you thought they were awful. Right. Especially the enthusiasm of the rest of the group. If they were like, oh, my God, this is so much better. And you, yeah. for some reason, you're just like, no, it
1: tastes like shit. Well, I think that's why the blind taste tests make the most sense. I mean, we did that with beer uh, the in the magazine before. We've, we we've did a blind taste test and all, you know, we had like Budweiser, Bush Light, Coors Light, all the cheapest beers. Keystone Light, all the cheapos, you know, Natty Ice, whatever. Uh, Coors Original ended up winning, which makes sense. It's one of the better cheap beers, really. It's got a lot of flavor. That is true. You know? Yeah, that's true. And so I think Coors Light was maybe second. So Coors was in the top, and then I think Bush Light was third. But you would think Budweiser would have won or one of the little bit nicer beers. Not true, man. It's a blind taste test. I mean, I'm thinking the Charles, uh, what was that two buck Chuck wine is going to be up there with the with the expensive shit. And really, at the end of the day, it's just kind of laughable because in my mind, not that many people really know what good wine tastes like. Anyways, I mean, have you had a have you had a three hundred dollar bottle of wine before?
0: Hmm. When Joe talked about having a thousand dollar bottle of wine at that restaurant, oh, 1000 dollars. Yeah. Try it, I think that. I think that I have had pretty expensive wine. Not that expensive. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm pretty sure the restaurant before, you know, I went out with some fairly wealthy People and it may have been like a $300 bottle. Mm-hmm. Dude, it, it, I'm right there with Joe. Like, I can not fucking tell the difference. Yeah. I don't well, give a shit. I will say. Just get a bottle to the table. I'm gonna down it.
1: So the one time, the only time I've ever had super high quality wine, I was with the, my brother's buddy who is a wine connoisseur. He's got the, you know, the thing in his basement. He's loaded, whatever. He loves wine. He uh he poured it in one of those um decanters that like has a spiral. You ever seen those before?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. the an oxygen it's gotta breathe, bro. Right,
1: right. So I didn't know any of these things. It was somebody's birthday, so he busted out like this chateau, whatever, from France from like the sixties, right? This was <laughs> like a this was like a two thousand dollar bottle of wine. This and this is just a guess. I mean, it was from the sixties. The color of it alone was like this crazy deep. deep deep kind of, uh, light grape grape kind of flavor color. And anyway, I, I don't know what I'm talking about cause I'm not a wine guy, but when I tasted that wine, I go, holy shit, that's what good wine tastes like. And then that was when I realized, okay, I know nothing about wine, but holy shit, was that an amazing flavor? Like that made me like wine and I'm not a wine person. Huh. Now that's interesting. Again, uh, that was the only time I've ever experienced that I will say that whether I spend eight bucks on a bottle of wine or 20, I'm not going to know the difference. I'm going to go with the cheap stuff, you know, and I'm not going to know the difference. But man, when I had that, that bottle from like the sixties in France, and he was telling me what, how amazing it was. And I tried it. It was a huge difference. Uh, so maybe, maybe, uh, that's where you really start, you know, the nuances of, of what a grape tastes like after how many years sitting in a bottle, you yeah. Know, once you get into it, I could see how that could be a thing, but I've also, I've also had like Pappy Van Winkle's, uh, you know, whiskey before in the past. And I couldn't tell the difference between that or Buffalo trace in a blind taste test. And those shots were like a hundred bucks a pop. So, yeah. uh, you know, maybe wine's a different thing, but I'm going to stick with cheap beer and cheap whiskey.
0: Dude, there was a uh, hotel in Beverly Hills I went to. I think it's the Beverly Hills Hotel, actually. They have uh, McAllen 72, I believe.
1: Okay, okay. I,
0: I think it's that old. $10,000 a shot. Come on. That's real.
1: That's just a silly like ego yeah, thing. That's just an ego they've thing. Only,
0: they've only ever sold two shots, and the whole bottle is just that. No, maybe not a 72. Maybe it was a 42. Yeah, I don't know right. what It was, like, unusual. But,
1: <coughs> yeah, the, I mean, I can't imagine charity. that would be that
0: good. I just Googled this. Wine tastes better with age because of complex chemical reactions occurring among the sugars, acids, and substances there you known go. as uh, phenolic compounds. There you in go. In time, these compound reactions can affect the taste of wine in a way that gives it a pleasant flavor. Pretty I cool. I wonder, though, there's got to be a cutoff. Like... If you had some Jesus wine, I feel like even if it was stored well, I'm like 2000-year-old wine, it's gonna be sure rotten. that bottle would be worth a fucking billion dollars. Yeah. But um it probably tastes bad.
1: I'd say I have got one more uh I guess point to make here or not even point but just uh-huh. uh talking about people relapsing, they thought the addiction that addiction was a brain disease. It was interesting to hear that it's not a brain disease. Oh yeah,
0: that's important.
1: Um and it's more about you know the your living situation, and again, this goes back to the rat study of like do you have friends, do you have someone you can talk to? Are there people you can relate to? Are there people you can call when you're when you're feeling bad? Those are the types of of things that get you out of addiction, but also your own willpower but it's a lot easier to be you know to have that that willpower if you have you know healthy you know, activities you can do on the side with friendships. But if, again, if you're all alone and you're in a, you know, war torn area like Syria, that was another interesting point they made about addiction. And, you know, a lot of people in Iraq had never been addicted to any sort of substances because they weren't, uh, they weren't able to get drugs. But now that they are, everybody's on fucking, you know, meth, basically everybody's jazzed up on meth. Uh, because you look at the, the, the circumstances there, that's a war torn country. People are depressed. Yeah. There's a lot of things that have changed over the last 20 years. It it makes sense. It's like the reason why you see so many drunks in, you know, in certain areas of the, of the country all over. Uh, I mean, it's like you go to the bar, you know, Tim Dillon made this point. I go to the bar and all these guys are my friends, but. God, I sure would am embarrassed to like introduce them to anybody because they're all just a bunch of drunks, you know <laughs> but you start getting better friendships and and higher quality relationships, you might start veering towards a, a better lifestyle, but I don't know it's not a brain disease is what is what uh is what michael, michael easter saying. is 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 saying
0: yeah I mean look he's you know this is his take on it obviously other people think something else and really he points on exactly that like there's an underlying issue in your life that you're not dealing with yeah and if if you feel that you can never go back to alcohol then possibly a part of that is that it's also that you never are dealing with whatever the issue is Mm. which for some people could be very complicated right and not worth the risk Of like they have sober for ten years, and they know that if they drink again or any time that they had, they go wet right off the rails. Mm -hmm. And how do you know? How would you know if you resolved some issue? Like it's very difficult to know unless your life is significantly different.
1: It's difficult to know, but I think it. I think. I think it's nowhere different. Not much different than. You know, if you sit around all day and you're not making progress, even if you don't drink at all, you're going to be depressed, and that depression maybe le- might lead to other mental illness, right? Or or body aches, or you know, uh, autoimmune diseases that no one knows where they come from. Even though if you talk to uh, Gaber Mate, it's all about past traumas that you're not that you haven't dealt with. So I think it's in my mind, it's very similar. To that, like, what is this trauma you're not dealing with? Instead, you're just drinking it away, drinking it away, drinking it away. It's a solution, solution based. It makes me feel better.
0: The the big thing is it often doesn't with alcoholics though, especially people that destroy their life. You, mm. I think what what mainly they get out of it is that they get to feel like that there may be a period of euphoria at the beginning, you know, where it like disconnects them from their underlying worries. Because it's like, oh, thank God, I'm not really feeling or thinking about it. But then they get nasty or violent or yeah. destructive, upset, angry, dep- even more depressed. It is a, depress- depressant.
1: a depressant, yeah. But
0: then they're so drunk, they forget the whole thing. Yeah. And then they go to sleep and it's like they, they just got to like delete a part of their day. I often wonder, what about people that are like pretty <clears throat> fucking euphoric when they drink and they have a good time? and they're fun around everyone, and people actually enjoy them more when they are drinking, mm. and who knows, maybe they don't even get hangovers, and they're just having like a blast all the time. That sounds like you. It's like, <laughs> that might be a disease. That's you. It
1: could be a disease, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. like
0: It's like tricking <laughs> you into doing it. Think about it. It's like could loving be. cake. Could be. It's like it makes you want to do it, and it's like, imagine if you could just eat cake all day, but for some reason you got you just felt okay. You well, didn't I don't. Get I don't
1: like cake. I don't like cake. But do I, it I. would I be scary if I did not get hungover. I would. I would constantly drink.
0: You think that that would do it for you?
1: I would constantly drink if I didn't get hungover. Like think about it. the only time I get depressed after drinking is when I'm so hungover and I have to deal with my three year old. I'm like, oh my god, why did I do this to myself again and again? But when I'm drinking, it's I'm having a blast. It's fun. It's not like I'm blacking might, out. I'm just having but I mean, a good that's time. That's
0: not the only reason, right? You're like you might run out of money. Yeah, it's like expensive to keep buying booze all the time.
1: True, but it's a write off, you know. <laughs> it's a business <laughs> expense. Yeah, TNA. Yeah, a. it is interesting. TNA, travel interesting. and entertainment. Tne, Tne. So let's yeah,
0: jump I- over to uh, anyway. Like to finish up, Michael Easter, great guy, super interesting, very smart, worth a listen. Um. Yeah, I, and I like to read his new book. Yeah. I almost said I recommend it, but I have not read it, so I cannot recommend well, it.
1: I recommend I, him. That's my favorite one of the him. week. We're at 28 minutes. We went long with that. That was my bad. Uh, but yeah, no are, worries. We are, go. It's fine. We going Joe List? Are we going? Uh, are we going?
0: Yeah, let's do Sean O'Malley. Okay. I want to. I want to just jump through some of this, and we can we can cover some of this pretty quick. So he's the new champ. Of the UFC. He's from Montana, That's so we right. should talk about it. Great Falls, um, right? Great Falls. Yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, went back recently to the... I don't know the name of the teams. What are they? Bobcats or Bozeman, right? What's the other uh, one? Grizz. Yeah, he. I think he's a Grizz guy. Kay. So he went to their team and waved the flag and was Looks a super tight. celeb. And good for him, man. Imagine how that feels. It's great. And how cool is it for the people of Bozeman to have that? It's not like all that many celebrities...
1: Well, well a lot Zula. of celebrities
0: go there, but they go straight to Big Sky to their fancy houses and don't hang out with anyone. But, you know, it's not like they're just touring the small towns around. So that was probably super cool for them. Um, he's been, since the Contender series, he's been a character, man. He's really cool. I like his style. Um, he's, like, a, a soft speaker, you know? He doesn't seem brutish, like... Nobody could persuade me he was ever a bully. No. Or a douchebag. Or he's just a cool dude. He reminds me more of a fucking skateboarder. or somebody that does really cool artwork mm-hmm. than than someone that can literally knock out everybody in the world yeah. in his weight class. I would
1: agree. And what, what is his weight class? 150? I mean he's a banner weight, right?
0: He's a small guy. He's light.
1: Or is that? Like does I, that mean he's one fifty now, but he weighs in at one thirty five? Isn't that banner weight? Banner weight's even lighter than one fifty, isn't it?
0: Yeah, fuck! I should know. I'm not.
1: And that's a very weight competitive classes. weight class. That is an extremely competitive weight class. Oh um, yeah,
0: dude, Hillers, Hillers in that weight class, and what he did to win the title was just unbelievable. I mean, he beat the living fuck out of that. It was just class, just all round. All right, so yeah, you're correct weight 135, which is crazy. Like, that how is tall is he?
1: He's got to be a little guy, probably 5'9 tops, 5'8.
0: Dude, he's <clears throat> 5'11.
1: Really? Damn. Yes. He's a like, skinny guy. That's
0: fucking tall, and you weigh in it, you can get down to 135. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah, I mean, I'm one. probably on fight day, um... I would imagine my guess would be like 150. I'm pretty sure they can get it up pretty high in a day. I don't really know how well he was. He
1: was saying after he had diarrhea for 10 days, he got down to like 155. So I would imagine he's around 150, 155 normally, especially at 511, dude. And that's not short. No, it says
0: it says on fight days, O'Malley typically oh, it says weighs in at 135. That's not the question that I asked Google, you dumb Google. The weight—it's uh, uh, not really saying. Well, he definitely weighs more than the—he—he he says he walks around a one fifty-five. Yeah.
1: There you so go.
0: I don't know if he could quite get back up to that. But even that one fifty-five is so thin for someone that tall. Mm. It really is. Mm-hmm. And you know, and oh. to think about it, right? I weigh two ten. I cannot generate probably anywhere as much power as he can when he strikes and that just is so nuts to think about right plus obviously his precision speed timing skill like there's just so many levels dude it's very very cool but I I like fighters like this and because I always like those unusual characters like I think everyone in their mind has an idea of what a fighter is how they behave you know what their attitude should be and then you see that you get these like very intelligent thoughtful peaceful guys that are like introspective and they maybe even have like uh, meditation practices of their own that just they're not what people think mm-hmm. and that's something that the the UFC is really highlighted which which is pretty beautiful i also like that he wants to do ayahuasca and DMT but he doesn't want to yet not yet because it's it kind of makes sense right imagine if it was such a profound experience that it like took away from his fighting somehow.
1: Yeah. I could see how you <clears throat> excuse me, I could see how you'd be a little bit nervous about, about doing that, especially if you're at the top of your game like he is. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you, don't you start screw doing
0: it mushrooms up. and you just want to hug everybody <laughs> and it's like this is not
1: Yeah uh, It's not gonna
0: work. Yeah. That's yeah good. I, I recommend it. I recommend that Sean you wait till after you fighting that's a good that's a small move and then and then delve in and then do a bunch of testosterone and get it really big because mm. you saw it, it won't be after you
1: there you go i was uh, uh-huh. i was interested in i i didn't realize deon sanders i mean i you know when i was younger i followed football because uh, my my grandfather had season tickets to the lions and that's when barry sanders used to play and deon sanders is in that same air era um, uh-huh. he tried to kill himself, man, after he didn't win the, the, the uh, championship, the Super Bowl. It's wild. and, uh, I had no idea. And then, you know, the comedian that Joe was talking about who offed himself in the bathtub. I mean, I, I think this kind of goes along with what they were talking about, um, in the, in the prior, um, uh, podcast with, uh. With what's his name with uh excuse me who are we just talking about geez uh with michael easter michael. of just how you get into these you know mind games with yourself and if you're really if you're really an amazing comedian you're there's a lot of addicts in that world right there's just like something about that that uh feeling you get when you make someone laugh it's that it's that adrenaline it's that same thing as if you when you win uh when you're gambling uh and it gets talked about a lot but it's it's just like with when people get to these high levels of sport and then you know just like last week that you you, the guy who got addicted to pills the uh the guy was uh, the wrestler the wwe guy that was just on last week same thing he had never done pills but he's at the top of his game for so many years then he gets into a car accident and then all of a sudden you can't work out anymore you can't be a wrestler anymore what do you go to you end up going to an extreme addiction with something like a pill and I think it's right. just its just like that weird mindset that, that competitive athletes have. You're either at the top of your game in one thing, and all of a sudden you can't do what you love anymore. You're going to – you might just be a complete addict, you know, and it's hard because that's just how your brain's wired, right?
0: Yeah, that's a little different. I think with, like, Kurt Angle as a wrestler, he just was in a lot of pain, and yeah. doctors told him to take it, and it felt good, and he just continued taking it, right? Yeah. But – you, there is something to what you're saying. I mean, you with these athletes. I mean, you know that one in particular. He's such an extreme winner. He played two sports. I mean, he's he's a different.
1: You're talking about Dion.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. a different thing altogether. I mean, that's like Bo Jackson level totally. skill set. Totally. I mean, he they, they probably put so much pressure on themselves to be amazing that mm. if you don't hit like the the peak all the time. You know, or you've once you've tasted the top, and you and ever you, still fall off, I mean, you still don't make it. I mean, still don't make it. Yeah, you can get, you can just be completely brutalized by it. And you know, when it comes to comedians, I mean, there's so many aspects to what takes somebody to suicide that you know you don't have to. It's not like it's just these people that need extreme success that get there. they like, there's many avenues that drive you. Totally, but there's. There's probably some things that they all have in common and and possibly like, I don't know what the best way to put it, like extreme behavior in a sense. And mm. I don't mean that in a negative, like, like, um, you know, with comedy, that's, that's unusual pursuit. You're doing something that a lot of people won't do,
1: mm-hmm. right? It's actually one and of the scariest things for most people to do is to get up and talk in front of people.
0: Exactly, but for some reasons, people are drawn to it, and mm-hmm. those people are drawn to it, and they do it, and they put themselves through it, and they hold themselves in that space, and there's probably like an unusual pressure there that no one else can understand, and, you know, I mean, think about it with, I mean, you know, there's there's like musicians, often they're not necessarily killing themselves, but they OD, you know? There's, like, an unusual pressure there. It's, like, it's just an extreme type of pursuit.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And even though they're beautiful, and we watch them from the outside, and when people figure out that craft, we're like, my God, I wish I could do that, and that's amazing they could do it. But there's a lot that we're not thinking about when they do that. There's a lot of pressures Mm -hmm. and discomforts that we're not considering that they have to go through. Yeah. And, you know. Well... Scary stuff, dude.
1: God, I don't, I do I don't want to be famous. I do don't love going <clears throat> to a comedy show, though. I mean, just the live aspect of it. Same with live music; it's just a completely different experience. I mean, studio albums typically suck, anyway. You go and see it live, and it's so so much better. Same with comedy. Same with anything; you go see it live, it's mm-hmm. you're going to have a better time. There's a, you know, like you were talking about going to see wrestling or UFC. I mean, we we love watching UFC over here on the big screen, and it's fun because we have a you know, even just that alone makes it way better because we have a group of people watching it on a big screen. But man, you get in that arena and it is a million times more fun.
0: 100%. I bet you haven't done any UFCs since I left, have you?
1: Nope. You we got to get Kane. We got to get Kane in here to help. Where's Kane, in? Get it. He's been, he was on vacation. We
0: used to, folks, we used to do great events at the studio <laughs> and then I left. Oh yeah. Moved to Knoxville oh. and it, now it's just they're just waiting for snowboard videos. Whatever. Okay. All right,
1: let's get on to Joe List here, buddy boy.
0: Good old Joe, good old Joe. So Joe's been around forever. He's he's an OG in the comedy world. Um and very funny guy. Great take on things. He's he's interesting because he's kind of one of those comedians that like obviously he makes a living and and does fine with it, but like really hasn't blown up like gone into the to the top group of comedians mm-hmm. you know and there's a lot of those guys too which are and you know what's unusual about it is they're equally as funny it's not like they don't have the skills there but for some reason there's something that doesn't resonate
1: mm-hmm. often
0: it's maybe the social media presence or
1: yeah could um, be could be
0: things like that but you know Well, or maybe
1: um, he's just okay with not making a million do- bucks. He's making, maybe he's making a couple hundred thousand a year and he's, you know, hanging out with his family. I wish they would have talked about that more because maybe he's one of those guys who does his craft. He loves it. He, you know, has a good wife and whatever. Uh, I don't know if he has kids. Does he have kids? He didn't talk about that. No. Um but you know what I'm saying. I mean, like maybe, maybe he's just but okay. listen. I, they
0: all want to be. They want to be selling out stadiums, dude. Of course, sure. of course. They all want to get to that point. They all want to put
1: horns on their dick and you know, modified <laughs> pig hearts. And uh,
0: oh yeah, what I was don't. he talking about? So he went on uh, your mama's house <laughs> with Tom Segura, and he had to watch a bunch of really fucked up
1: videos of he on did, YouTube. Tom's and a I guess
0: lunatic. I guess Joe has never seen those. <laughs> And he was completely freaked out. The bumps he didn't on the head. Know what
1: to say. The bumps on the head thing. That's a thing. It's like you put mm-hmm. little BBs in your skull to make bumps on your head. It's so weird.
0: Well, people <clears> like <throat> to change the way they look to look like lizards and stuff. <sighs> I
1: just don't get it. These people have some traumatic childhood. Something's going on there.
0: Wouldn't it be weird mm. if they didn't? Huh? They were completely yeah. normal and just like bored and loved. Maybe. looking like a lizard.
1: Maybe they so, watched yeah, they,
0: Godzilla once and were like, "I'm in." do this. Like, change me.
1: <laughs> well, th- this one was all over the place. I've got a lot of random notes here. Uh, You know, the dark side of the moon and Wizard of Oz, I am a firm believer that that is real. It works. Seems to work. Maybe it's all in my head, but it sure seems to work. I did that in high school. I'm going to have yeah, to do it again. I
0: wanted to talk about that because I, I'm suspicious.
1: Yeah, well, like, Roger Waters, remember, he said that has nothing to do with them. They did not plan that. It wasn't a thing.
0: Well, look at it this way, right? Number one, the album they made was world famous. Oh, the best. Like, it's it's almost as famous as that fucking movie. Absolutely. So to make make an album that's that good, and ultimately when you make an album, your primary concern is to make people love it so much so that they all buy it and blah, blah, blah. And they So did. to think that they also were so good that they somehow matched it to that movie in order to put the... I mean, the planning that would go into that would be unfucking believable. I mean, is it impossible? Maybe not. Maybe you have all the songs and they're that good. And then they're like, you know what? We just put in these like slow, weird instrumental bits and Mm -hmm. sound effects Mm -hmm. and we just line it up with the movie and then start the songs. And I mean, I guess it could be done, but this is like, like when did they record that 70s yeah i mean that's kind of a pain in the ass editing job back then for sure
1: well the other strange thing is and i this is i don't know if other people have tried it with fantasia but you can do the same thing with fantasia and it's just as cool i mean i think really when you're high watching these things together you just (laughs) create these patterns in your head you're like oh that yeah that was perfect that was perfect you yeah, do like the with more anything.
0: mushrooms you do, it's yeah. like you play you play like a Britney Spears first album, and it's like uh, I can't believe it. It I mean,
1: matches exactly. I mean, you could you could play any instrumental, you know, Mozart to any one of those movies, and whether it's Fantasia or Wizard of Oz, and it's things are going to line up in your head, and you're going to think it's the most incredible thing ever because you're probably on hallucinogens.
0: That's. That there's something to that. But and it's, it, great. you know, also to Joe's point, <clears throat> it's like maybe sometimes the universe just throws out a fucking Easter egg and goes, yeah. good luck, enjoy it.
1: Love that. I mean, love that.
0: It's possible. I want, I'm going to do it again soon, I think, and sit and watch it. Love that. I mean, I'd rather do it that way. I mean, I don't know. I, I think if I just watched the actual Wizard of Oz with the regular sound, it wouldn't be as interesting. Yeah. He's just putting on Dark Side.
1: No, I mean, I mean, Dark Side is just a way better album. And it seems to line up, like with the ticking away, the, the moments that make up a dull day, and like how she's turning her head at the same time. It does seem to line up rather strangely in a very uh-huh. cool way. Uh, could be coincidence. We'll never know. Because Roger, Roger said he didn't do it. I mean, if I was Roger and we did do that, I'd, I'd keep it a mystery if I was Roger Waters. I'd say now nah, yeah, we yeah. never did that, nah. Yeah, Keep. yeah. Uh,
0: mysteries are good, man.
1: What mysteries else? Mysteries are good. There was another something I had on here that that uh, I felt like we needed to talk about. Where is it?
0: Well, what about Joe ripping on English words and how they're spelt? Oh and yeah, that's also a good. Also, how you drive in England? La, labor. And he's like, "Why are you driving on that side of the road, guys?" I understand. I get it. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's silly. You too
0: many U's in our. <laughs> too many U's in our words. <laughs> Uh, I think ultimately it was just so we could all win at Scrabble. There you go. I don't know. Use the tough to get it rid of.
1: Well, what about the, uh, the, you know, we talk about this a lot AI becoming sentient, you know, us merging with them. Uh, you know, Joe is a positive guy. He seems to think we're moving in a better direction, right? It's like it's better for us to talk about. Pronouns than it is for us to talk about being super racist. You know what I mean. Be better to be inclusive than exclusive. Obviously, you know there's things like that happening. Um, was he? Did he talk about Gavin Newsom in this one, or was that with? Was that with the prior? Uh, was that with? Michael Easter, because I, I wanted to bring that up, if I hadn't already, about him saying that, you know what, Gavin Newsom is, is doing an okay job. I, I feel like Joe's... No,
0: that was with Michael.
1: Oh, that was with Michael, but I, I yeah, felt... But
0: he made the point with Michael that he he's often been thinking about the podcast in terms of, you know, do I need to disparage... Like, do I need to focus on any disparaging things about people, yeah. or should I just focus on the positive Love stuff? Love that. Because he's got so big that and look people could say oh you're selling out dude you got to stick to your shit look yes there's that element too right but i mean the pushback that you get from certain lunatics when you speak out about an individual or a movement such as covid it's like well you know his show was never really designed to be this like controversial show it was supposed to be silly right. mostly uplifting and really enjoyable and funny right yeah yeah i mean i mean think of how high was, they
1: used to get before the show <laughs> him and exactly. redman her red band yeah, yeah. so yeah.
0: so i kind of like what he said i know i like it a lot i don't kind of i, do I too. like it i love it i think it, it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole and people have made whole podcast careers from like being very, I guess, negative controversial, or controversial yeah. about subjects and people are on board. But, you know, does it benefit their lives ultimately or does it just cause them a lot of stress? And realistically for Joe, he can interview whoever he wants. So he could just choose and maybe should, and maybe that's like this next Gavin chapter on there. of his Let's life. Let's get
1: Gavin on there. Maybe it's good for him.
0: Yeah, maybe he could just try and understand where this guy's coming from.
1: Well, you know? I appreciated it, you know. It's uh, it's it's the open-minded, right thing to do. And again, you can have disagreements, but hey, the, I'm sure the guy's doing plenty of good stuff too. And I... I it was, uh, it made me feel good to hear that, right? Because I know nothing about Gavin Newsom, really, other than the shit talking Joe's done in the past. And, and you, because you used to live in California. I know nothing about the guy other than he probably went a little too hard with COVID, but maybe the guy was just trying to be, do the right thing. He didn't know. I'll,
0: I'll tell you what, I had no problem with him, and I don't remember anyone having a problem with him before COVID. So right, it right. might be unfair. Right. It might just be unfair that he was faced with like a. Fucking crazy give situation. The guy a break. And he was fucked.
1: Let's give the guy yeah. a break.
0: And I, and I think that's what Joe is is really discussing in this because you know it, it probably it came from and this is something Joe talked about the fact that um, you know Gavin Newsom recently said it, that he's worried that his son is listening to Rogan. Yep. And you know that probably made Rogan sit back and think. Oh well. You know, not that his opinion is that important to Rogan, but it's just like, oh, I'm, start, like, I'm clearly being perceived in this way, and that's not my intention. I'm right. not trying to be this guy that just upsets people all the time. And, you know, what battles am I willing to face? Like, I think at the end of the day, if he just has guests on that are, you know, proclaiming to be experts in whatever field that they say they're in and when they start talking if some things don't line up he challenges them on the pod which he usually does in a very kind way he's never like mean and he just he calls them out but like or makes them you know explain that point again yeah. with a little bit of questioning and you know he's not like a gotcha guy he's not like oh yeah i've come in here to like make you look like a dick he doesn't do that but like really that is the ultimate kind of conflict that he needs to have on these podcasts.
1: Well, and I would I would I would add to that. I would I would like to see more challenges from you've got guys like Alex Berenson who I seem to agree with a lot of what he's saying, but I don't know enough about what he's saying to know if it's true or not, like all the mRNA stuff because I hear other things that mRNA I mean they just won the Nobel Prize for the mRNA vaccination. So I would like to see that side of things. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be a little bit more subjective, or, or, you know, wanting more out of out of what Rogan's bringing to the table, I want to see both sides of everything more more often than not.
0: Yeah, um, I think that that Rogan has always been that way too, and and you know, maybe maybe there is like an unusual bias that he took on probably unintentionally mm-hmm. during the COVID thing, like many people. Yeah. And and now we have to reset. Like, reset your thinking. You yeah. know, I there's so many people that I know that have, like, <coughs> lost good friends because of disagreements politically over, over the COVID. COVID stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, guys, in 40 years, you know, or 50 or 60 or whenever you're, like, close to your death, you, like... All you'll do is miss how close you could have been to this person. Yeah. Oh, I set a timer and it yeah. started beeping. Sorry. um, But yeah, all you'll do is just be like, no, the friendship with this person was way more important than whatever this is. Love I think of that. that. we we'll wrap that up. we we'll call it a day. Call it a day, and, baby. Um, love that. Thank you, uh, guys, as always, for listening to us. We appreciate you, Todd. You're the best. And we will talk to you folks next week.
1: All right, guys. Cheers. Peace. (laughs)